0: We don't do no shelling, we create the feelings Ain't no sellout to my circle, no sir, we just sell out buildings out shows, out merch, you play me, but I kept on building Speak all my riches into existence, bitch, I'm worth a million Yeah, I use my art as my vessel and got blessings through Yeah, he talking, hot buddy gon' always come up second to me Yeah, I think I'm walking on the clouds, it ain't no pressure on me
1: Yeah, I think I'm Michael Jackson,
0: sippers with that leather on me I told Henry how come to New York load up that session for me. I'm in project hallways, I'm with hallway, and that's special to me. And AJ Prince knows for certain. He know ain't no guessing with me. And Yuri know I rep my city And know I always rep in Philly And he can tell you stories, he don't gotta relate no message for me. And yeah, I think I'm walking on the clouds, and ain't no pressure on me. And yeah, this beat heavy, but I'm floating like a f-
2: Might
0: yeah, in. Hey Susan, welcome back.
2: Yeah, I'll let you lead this one.
0: Nah, no, it's all good, bro. Yes, your guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you did good though. Like, Matt, Matt was a musician. You did. I'm gonna step into the uh, other room. Do 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 do. I think your perspective too would be war- would be would be welcome for sure.
2: I mean yeah of course I don't want to talk but Yeah I
0: mean, What what what's on the menu this morning?
2: Wifey came in with some cheez that's are fucking amazing.
0: Oh my god, dude. No, I can't do those. There he is.
2: I'm here, baby. What's good?
0: Damn, he hopped on like r and B singer.
1: Hey, <laughs> motherfucker, what's up, yo? <laughs> I got your David Ruffin voice uh, recorded live while you got the opportunity.
0: My guy. So Gotti, meet AJ. AJ, meet Gotti. Um, yeah, yeah, we hop right into it. We have our accountant, Susan, or our, ste- our secretary, Susan. She's recording right now. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it, man. So, uh, one, Gotti, it's good to have you here. Kind um, of introduce ahead. yourself. Give us the Cliff Note version. Don't give us the fucking long-winded Wikipedia.
1: Uh, you just want the, uh, what you call it, the elevator pitch?
0: Yeah, give me the elevator pitch.
1: Okay, the elevator pitch. I'm going to give you, because I only only I only I have a brief one. We'll do it. Uh, John Gotti, uh, writer slash creative slash air trainer one enthusiast. Uh, what else we got? Help me out, because I forget who the hell I am sometimes. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm probably going to say the smoking section. Formerly at the smoking section. That's what most people yeah. Uh Do some work with Complex. Uh, do some work uh, with artists and labels, you know, some back end stuff, social media and marketing and branding. Just try to stay involved and do creative, cool stuff as much as I
2: can.
0: And that's why we fuck with you.
2: Right. Uh, and and John, where, where are you based? Are you in. Are you in Nashville? I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Okay. I thought so. Because I follow you um, on Instagram. And I think I was introduced to you by OG Savvy.
1: Okay. Yes, sir. That's my guy, the young boy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been a fan of his for, like, probably, like, over a year now. Um, I was introduced to him by a a producer I know. And, uh, yeah, we've had a couple conversations. We had a... for his last album that he released last year, we did a clubhouse room for, for him, so yeah, definitely I haven't caught up with him in a while, but tell him, uh, we said what's up I and, uh, oh, meet you cool, nice to meet you too
0: yeah, so um with float Gotti, a j you wanna give you wanna give the float the float elevator speech? you're pretty good at that,
2: nah man, you go for it
0: okay, bet um so float is essentially uh a curation i don't want to say machine we're 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 a curation uh DAO, essentially we focus everything all of our resources on finding ways to scale curation um in every aspect of what we're doing and one of the things that we talk about all the time is like you know what do, what do you specialize in because i think once you once these once different people figure out what they specialize in it's like then it's like you know how to scale up you know so man i i think even when getting into this like you know finding out what you specialize in is is, is interesting for me cuz you hit this like intersection of culture between sneakers and music and and everything and i think in order to find out that it's like man what excites you like what do you see right now, Gotti, that is like, you know, that's like, man, I got it. To, like that you would send me a fucking text message, like, hey man, like if I could if I could mimic your fucking R and B J Kiss Jaheem voice. Uh <laughs> hey, hey man, like you should check this guy out.
1: Uh, you know, and that's you you speak on that intersection and I always kind of mention that to people that you know, my two loves have always been throughout my life, have always been Shoes and music, and I always say like it kind of ebbs and flows with both, especially when you're talking about uh, in the online form and like the current space. Like one minute music may be really hot and super enjoyable, and shoes may be completely boring to me, and that's okay. It's like I just switch my focus from shoes and focus on music, and you know, vice versa. Sometimes it'll be where shoes are like super hot to me and music is boring. Right now, I would say music is probably the most engaging thing for me. And that's mainly because you have. You know, we're we're constantly getting really good music. As we have probably since what summer twenty twenty one, like we're constantly getting a good stream of quality music. And it's been like a long time since I've seen a run where so much music, you know, made made noise and has some impact on a personal level, like it made me feel something. So like music is is, is definitely my thing right now.
0: What? Uh, give me some specific what what's the what's the album like? What's the song? What's the artist who's who's giving you who's giving you these fucking uh, feelings? These
1: warm, fuzzy feelings. These warm fucking
0: hugs. Who's giving you these sonic hugs?
1: Yeah, these audio hugs. Uh, Uh I would probably say, you know, I'm like everybody else. Like, I'm on Babyface right now. Babyface, right. His name pops up. Uh, I think this week I've been in a little Griselda rabbit hole. I've been listening to those guys, like, checking out some of their old freestyles, listening to, like, that new track with Benny and Cole, and you turn around a day and like all three of them hopped on the song for conway so like that's been fun and i'll tell you two older artists that i've really just been going back through their catalogs for i don't know exactly why it's just been fun Is nas and d'angelo for some odd reason you know uh, i think d'angelo's second album voodoo had an anniversary what maybe two weeks ago like it was maybe the 20 year 25th year anniversary or whatever and like the conversation switched to him uh that day on social media and i was like man i'm so glad everybody's here and we could finally talk about d'angelo because i've been down to d'angelo rabbit hole for like six months now but it's just stuff like that that really just uh you know music is just in a, a great space to me
2: yeah that's cool i mean that's you timed that D'Angelo anniversary just right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I
1: mean, it popped up like, and I was like, "Dude, I'm," because I've been in it. And it's really been listening to, uh, you know, there was actually a Devil's Pod documentary. I don't know if it ever actually released formally, but it came out 2019. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've watched that like two or three times, and that was like in one week. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of his live recordings and some of his outtakes and stuff. Like, I think oh. I. A ton of that through maybe reddit and then like a homeboy who had the zip files on deck like some old school shit he was like yo i got you so was wow. like listening to a ton of like uh just d'angelo man the guy is like magic i think he's really overlooked in terms of what that pedestal we place him on in terms of r&b yes mm-hmm.
0: yeah 100 percent. you know i i go back to his you know it's funny man um when Childish Gambino's last album came out, you know what it did? Like, I fucked with it. I liked it a lot. But what it did was made me go back and appreciate D'Angelo's last album that he released. And, like, oh, okay. So, like, this is cool. But D'Angelo is on here, like, fucking giving you, like, mainlining what Childish Gambino was doing.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. I was about to say, it's like, a, I don't know. He's so dynamic. You know because he comes from the church uh but he's over here doing r b and he's incorporating punk and he's incorporating jazz uh you know he, he really leans heavily on playing live instruments and having bands with him and you know you just don't see a ton of that now on a large mainstream level but like yo when he was on point like when he was d'angelo he was really giving you all of that yeah so i mean it's yeah. just really amazing just to you know go back and study what he
2: was able to accomplish yeah oh, no Brent sugar and how does it feel two of my favorite songs of all time and like for me define college probably like and especially when you know my girlfriend in college i feel like we listen to that song, those songs so much um so you know, they really take me back to that time and, and i remember how dynamic and special he was when he came and then I feel like yeah, his his legacy has faded a little bit. I feel like you know what would be cool for D'Angelo is to have a revival, sort of like like Johnny Cash did with Rick Rubin, right? You know, if he had a if he came out now with just a stripped down, yo, all you gotta
1: do is get with Questlove and exactly what you're talking about because you know Uh, Questlove is the guy who knows him. So you put in Questlove and they could probably just fucking amaze the whole world.
2: Wow, we need that. Right.
0: Yeah. And if you remember the John what you're saying, the Johnny Cash stuff was all covers.
2: Mm, that's but right.
0: Johnny Cash was doing Nirvana and it was fucking incredible. But that's
1: right. yo, he's got a bunch of songs on some of his Devil's Pie Outtakes. And I think one of them, one of the recent live things I listened to was maybe the uh North Sea Jazz Festival. I'm actually looking at mm-hmm. it right now. And it's got some covers on there. And when you hear him do covers, oh. that's where you really hear his true capabilities. Right. And it makes you go back and kind of listen to what he was doing on these songs. You're like, wait a minute, he really was doing some magical work. Wow. With this material he was putting out.
2: Huh. Was it let's
1: see what well, I'm about to look this up right now? Jazz Festival, D'Angelo. Uh live at the North Sea Jazz Festival is the one I'm looking at right now. And I mean I can I don't want to promote piracy. <laughs> so we might have to talk about that off the air. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. to talk about that away from the recording.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's but I think I able able to, like, that's the beauty back. of it. Because like yeah. I said, it's either shoes or music for me. And right. so right now, especially with streaming, you know, everything is right there for you. So, like right. somebody can bring up the name of an artist i'll tell you another guy i'm really uh happy with right now and i may mispronounce his name i pronounce it as dijon D-I-G-O. oh my god
0: hold on hold on yes so, yes listen so uh abhi dijon ellicott city was a duo and then split or you know went their separate ways Dijon did some stuff with Bongo Boy. Remember Bongo Boy Gotti? Um, okay. Just to bring it all the way deep, bo- deep blog era, um, and uh, I learned about him early on through these like pairings. But then recently, uh, one of the homies man- manages MK- MKG, uh, also manages Halif Mall in the Web3 space as a producer. <laughs> The um, the same the same guy manages MKG or like is in the same management company whatever, and MKG is the guy playing the on the guitar on the whole Dijon project. So when you look at the video, he's like he's like that guy, right? So then I'm looking at that, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is that guy from that group from Ellicott City, Maryland, and I'm looking, I'm like big mike is electric to me like that shit gets me so amped i play that shit in the car back to back to back and sing that shit out loud
1: right you know and this had me going back checking some of his old work that new album had me going back checking some of his old work he's got a show coming up here i want to say in march maybe and he's doing it at uh he's doing it at third man which is uh jack white's right bill I'm like, that space is, like, really dope.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that- you know what got me, too, was the video of Big Mike. When I saw that shit, I was like, oh, man, this shit feels, it feels fucking right in that fucking roundhouse, like, wheelhouse. It feels like soul. It feels like R&B. It feels like blues. You know, it just hits a roundhouse of shit where, and then it feels different. And then you see the video and it's fucking John Mayer in the corner playing on the guitar. (laughs) Oh, fuck.
1: You know you're in the middle of something. And I'm just like, and I say his name, and I'm like, I don't know how many people know this kid, but it's almost like It's Like, I want everybody to know this kid's name because he's just impressing me right now, especially when I look at what he gave us recently and then you go back and kind of dig. Now you're going to send me further down this rabbit hole. It's like I'm going to find probably more stuff that I like from him. And it's, you, you just want everybody to know it's like, Oh, everybody look here. I know you're focused on, you know, pushing pee there's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you, there's something else really dope this brand new too, that you should be checking out.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you on here, man, is because like we talk about curation all the time and I've always leaned in on the people you know, I've leaned in on the people that are are right here doing this and been doing this. And you've been one of those guys that's always kind of been doing this. And it's not just the music, man. Like, I think every time I get reminded of you is when I see Justin on Around the Horn.
1: Right. That's or funny.
0: I see, like, and AJ, just to give you some context, like, the smoking section had amazing writers. And now these writers have gone on to do really really dope careers and i think like part of that is the the eye of our guests like being able to not just curate really amazing content but also being able to curate amazing people like i mean i want you to speak on that a little bit some of the some of those guys that are now doing uh you know have came from the smoking section as writers and then also like you know your coaching tree if you will (laughs)
1: i always hear that coaching tree thing and it cracks me up i always say that uh you know they are you look at it like they came up under me but i always tell everybody like yo we were shoulder to shoulder in this stuff you know i may have been like the the figurehead or whatever but we were definitely all shoulder to shoulder figuring it out as we went and you talk about like tens is on a matter of fact the cool thing about it is we're all still in touch. Like I was literally talking to tens and David via text message. Cause we talk every day. I was mm-hmm. talking to before I hopped on here. So Tinsley is obviously with the ESPN undefeated, which is part of ESPN. He's on around the horn a few days a week. He's about to drop his biggie book. Let me plug that for him. Uh, he's about to drop a biggie book. And then there's probably David Dennis, who is just probably one of the best writers that I've come across. Uh, Just the way that his mind works and how he's able to synthesize stuff so quickly, break it down and make it plain. Uh, He's also over at the undefeated and he's also about to drop a book based on the civil, his father's experience in the civil rights movement. Uh, Then you got somebody like Bansky, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. He's a, He's doing the Exeteras podcast with Kevin Durant over over at the boardroom. So it's like you've got all these people who did end up going on to do really large things like visible things. You've always got these other people who are still doing phenomenal work, whether they're working at NPR, or working at a record label or whatever. It's like everybody at this point sort of landed somewhere decent. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of that. But the thing is, is I'm still. I don't know if it's by default or what, but people still come to me, so it's like I'm still nurturing talent.
0: But let me let me ask you, like, what are what are some of these identifiers that you see, uh, that are still like applicable?
1: Um, that? you have to really, you have to find people who really and truly aspire to do quality work. Like that's number one. And then it's also work ethic. Like you have to show me that you have the work ethic. Because I always say that uh, especially like if you if you approached it with writing, like everybody says that they want to write, but it's almost like a artist who's had 18, 19, 21 years worth of living to build up to drop their debut album. And then they have nothing to talk about when it comes time for that second album, that sophomore album, everybody wants to write. And everybody has all these amazing ideas for like three to six months. And then they're kind of like, that's their rookie album, their first album. And then it's like, yo, can you make it to that sophomore album, that third album, that fourth album? And a lot of people can't make it because they just don't have that work ethic. They don't have that creativity. So you've got to have those people who are really, really want to get better, really have some stories to tell. And, you know, they're dedicated to getting better, de- dedicated to doing the work constantly, constantly, constantly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, that's, we, we couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I was going
0: to say there's a reason
2: for the, for the season. But- you know, There are days where you
1: may not, you know, you may love doing this. But there are days where it's like, man, I don't feel like doing it. Right. Get up off my ass and go shine. Like, let me put my jersey on. Let me lace up my sneakers and get in the game. Go drop my 20-piece. You know, that's just who I am. I'm going out there, and I'm going to give it my all. and going to, you know, do the best I can. So you've got to be one of those people who are willing to suit up every single day.
0: Yeah, I think, man, honestly, that's one of the reasons why over – I don't know how long I've known you, but over the course of this time, we've never met in person, but I fuck with you the long way. Cause you've always done these things where when I say like, yo, like I want to get you on this, you're like, yep, cool. <laughs>
1: you, <laughs> you know, I'm what I mean? sure you know, because I think you always have wonderful ideas and everything you're affiliated with has always been dope to me. Like it's always at a high level, that same high level that we're talking about. So anytime you ask me, I'm going to say yes.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's appreciated, man. But, but yeah, I think, you know, to, to, to kind of summarize this, unless AJ, you have anything else to say?
2: No, no, I was was just going to support, you know, all that. I think, you know, that, that, that work ethic is, is a big part of it. And I was just going to add that, I think it's really, you know, the way I think about it, and I think the way we practice it is really just about the process, right? You know, you're never quite there yet. You're always learning, you're always developing your craft. And if you really respect the craft and you're putting all your love into it, you are know, you're, you're just you're you know, you're always going to be getting better and learning. And, you know, if you sort of approach your any creative career that way or any career that way or passion that way, I think, then, you, you know, you, you never run out of things to talk about or things to do or ideas because you're always trying to get better. You're always seeing it in more detail. So, um, yeah, man, I, I love I love the philosophy. And, yo,
1: I'm, I miss I misspoke. Bansky's last name is Gonzalez, it's Eddie Gonzalez. And yeah, I was he,
0: gonna say, you got the wrestler working for you, bro, like frog splash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but he's one of those people. And tens, when you talk about Justin and Bansky, like they're probably two of the guys. Like I always say, like David was destined for greatness because he's just always been a very strong writer, he just needs a little bit of nurturing, right. Right. and Bansky, are like two guys, like I used to hammer Bansky when he first started about his comma usage because we're talking about writing and he really didn't have a formal background in writing. So it was like we were kind of gaining a lot of knowledge and, and mechanical knowledge on the fly. And I used to hammer that dude about comma usage and, you know, small nitpicky things like that. But now he's out there years later and he's flying with it. You know, the same thing with Tens, like when Tens first asked, yo, know, he was like, Y'all want to write with you. I was like, nah, you're not ready. A couple of months later, he asked, I was like, nah, you're not ready. Fast forward, we did that like three or four times. Like he asked for like a year straight. And I was like, you know what? This guy is so intent and so persistent. Like he must have something to say. And that motherfucker ain't shut up since, thank goodness. Like we gave him a spotlight, and he took off with it and ran, and he's been using his voice and using his words since. And like I'm super proud of it.
0: Yeah, no, I listen. I you can hear it in how you talk about these guys. Um, you can see it in in just um, you know what what you say and how you say it. Um, and I think for me. Like I at least right now, um, I always land on these ideas. And one of the things that I that I'm, you know, before like really landing on any idea, I always look at like, man, how do I involve the coolest fucking people that I know? And how can it benefit mm-hmm. them and, and on both ends, right? And, um, yeah, it's super super easy to. Uh, to identify cool people when they're, when they're so easy to work with, man. And I think like, man, you, yeah, you're constantly, uh, yeah, you're just you're you always super professional, and you'll tell me exactly how you feel about certain shit, which is so, which is kind of hard to come by, at least in certain spaces. Like it's. Um, it's hard to get people to be straightforward and honest and exactly how they feel about certain things and be able to communicate that in a way that doesn't sound like, nah, man, fuck you. Right. So,
2: yeah, um, but that's so- important. That's an important skill to have. And I think that's something that we're looking for in all of you know, our curators, our community is people who can, you know, who really want to help people develop and are giving them feedback from that perspective. And I think that's what you know. That's what Float ultimately will become known known for is that, that that variability.
1: I was about to say, you know, I think for me that comes from a teaching background because I taught high school for like ten years, mm-hmm. um, and I was I I would like to think that I wasn't one of those negative teachers, one of those teachers who made it seem like they didn't want to be there. I've always tried to encourage. Uh, because you especially when you're working in a creative space, you already have enough naysayers telling you why. Right. Wild idea is never going to be profitable. You can never make a living off that wild idea that you have. Right. So I think you have to find ways to encourage and to nurture. And I, there's a way that I can give you constructive criticism that doesn't beat you down, but maybe sends you back to the drawing board to sort of rethink the idea and rethink your approach. And, you know, sometimes I'll go to the drawing board with you and we'll work on it together. Right. So always like when you pitch me on a wild idea, I'm like, you know what? There's got to be some good in it because he always has some pretty good ideas that if you watch, you know, maybe six months, it may be a year, maybe three years, but it's like, you'll see somebody else come up with the same idea or something similar to it. And I was like, you know what? That looks exactly like what he approached me right right Once yeah. you, and some people just have a track record of just having like good ideas or good energy cool projects mm-hmm. you always try to link
2: up with those people as much as you can mm-hmm. agree agree and and it's interesting what you said because there's a there's a parallel to the venture capital industry so my background is in finance i worked on wall street for um for 11 years before um putting and transitioning or to this space but um but one, you know, one piece of advice that, or one one observation that someone made to me once is that, you know, if you're a debt investor, I've worked in credit. Um, if you're a debt investor, you're, you're a pessimist. You know, you're really worried about getting your money back. You know, you're loaning someone money. You're just trying to get return on that. And you're looking at downside only. A venture capitalist looks at the world differently. An equity investor, in general, looks at the world more optimistically, right? Because they're looking at four projections. They're trying to figure out, um, you know, what what the, the, the prospects for a company look like going forward. And so, you know, they're naturally more optimistic and a venture capitalist, um, The best ones um, was this observation are the ones that hear any idea, no matter how crazy it is, they try to think about how it could work. Right. They're always in that mindset of like, okay, yeah, this is wild, but like, how could this, how could this work? And and it sounds like that's at the fundamental level, really, you know, how you approach things too. So. Hey, I'm a
1: glass half full person at all times. Right. Like it's always half full. Like there's something that we can pull out. Even the worst situation. You know, I think I, there's always something good that you can pull out. Even the worst situation. Like I tend not to dwell on like the negative exists, but I don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. I think something like, uh, I'm trying to think, I phrased it to somebody the other day. Uh, You know, don't I tell people, like, forget the mistake. Just remember the lesson. Mm. So forget Mm. the mistake, but do remember the lesson like, yeah, you go through bad things, bad things happen, especially like in this space, like where you're trying. You're trying new stuff all the time, you're going to fail, but you can learn. Don't worry about the failure. Take the lesson that you got from it and apply it to the next thing that you do. Right. So forget, forget the mistake. Remember the lesson.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, were, I, I think I yeah. want to wrap it right there. That sounds cool. that sounds really good. Um, you can you can tell Susan she
2: can she can stop recording. Oh man, I had a freestyle ready.